I never knew you did a master's in taxation. Did you do that in UCC or UL? UL. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was thinking, I don't think they do it in UCC yet. Yeah. Um, no, I did it in UL and I loved it like that. Now it was literally, I had signed up um, for a grad program, but it had been postponed then with COVID. So I just was stuck with something to do for the year. So I said, why not? And I couldn't do like the chartered accountancy exams, let's say, or the chartered accountancy or not even the chartered accountancy, the masters of accounting in UCC because I didn't have all my exemptions. So, but it actually works out for the better because I actually really enjoyed the year doing tax then as well. And is that what you're, are you working in tax now? No, I actually am. I'm doing my accounting exams. Now I will do the tax as well. I, I probably eventually that's the area I would go into, but like I said, I kind of enjoy both. So it's handy to have them in that sense, you know, but you're yeah, the same, okay. are you? You've done the tax exams. So I, didn't, I, yeah, I've done the tax exams, but I didn't do the chartered accountant exams at all. So I trained in like a small boutique tax firm in Dublin. There was, I think when I was there, there was about 10 of us um, and they just took on one intern every year. So I was lucky I got really hands-on experience from the beginning, but they specialize solely in providing tax advice to kind of high net worth individuals and business owners in Ireland. So um, we left the accounting <laughs> to, to the accountants. It was just easier. It was very kind of a niche area that we were working in. So it was, it was very interesting. Yeah, God. And sure, like I said, when I had done the master's anyways, that's really when I learned how much there is to tax. So like that is the thing you do kind of have to specialize because I know there's all those memes that are forever going around about like, oh, I'm an accountant, please help me with my tax or whatever. And like They're just completely yeah. different and people don't realize. Yeah, it, it's nearly more of like a le becoming a tax lawyer. Like it's very legal yeah. and legislation based rather than numbers based. I don't think people really realize that. And I think like in the US, they'd refer to tax advisors as tax lawyers and okay. then there'd be tax accountants. So yeah. I think it's kind of similar in Ireland. It's the same concept, but we just call tax advisors tax advisors. <laughs> And it's so true because I remember I couldn't get over that um, as well when I was doing the master's was the level of legislation involved as well. Yeah, yeah, it, like, it's very interesting from that perspective. It's definitely more for people that are interested in law rather than numbers, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's so true because I remember getting a bit of a shock and I was like, because I hadn't done much of it in college. Like a lot of ours was heavily accounting based. I think we'd done one or two tax modules, but um, I couldn't get over like the tax acts and stuff that like were involved and like the length of the legislation, like you said, but I was lucky I didn't mind law either. So from my perspective, it worked out. But in terms of Dublin, then were you there for long? Did you work there for long or? Um, yeah, I worked in Dublin for about four and a half years. So I did my exams and then worked for about a year after just to get the kind of one year post-qualified experience. Um, yeah. And then I really enjoyed that, really enjoyed being in Dublin, uh, made a great, um, like found a good circle of friends and made a good like professional network while I was there, um, which was really interesting. And then once I finished in Dublin, I went tra solo traveling for the year by myself. I just wanted to kind of figure out what I wanted to do next. Stuff. Uh, so that was really interesting. Yeah, solo travel. How did you get on with that? Where did you go? What did you do? I went, so I first I started off small because I wasn't sure <laughs> whether I'd be able for it or not. I'd never really done anything by myself before. Uh, so I went to Europe interrailing for five weeks um I went to France Italy Slovenia Croatia and traveled around stayed in hostels and it was really interesting actually I mean I thought that I'd kind of be a bit of a loner but once you go you realize a lot of people are solo traveling and everyone in the hostels was almost by themselves so you kind of had to put yourself out there um talk to people ask them if they wanted to hang out for 
the day or whatever it's really moved outside of your comfort zone so it was a very good learning experience um, and I think before that I was kind of shy and it just really helped me come out of my shell a bit yeah totally I kind of forced you I know because that's the thing like I've done like I've never really done the solo travel side of things but when I was on Erasmus like that um made a few friends and like one or two of us did go to like a few hostels and stuff in Europe like we stayed in Budapest I think was a big one for us and like that you just met so many people who were just doing it by themselves and like you know I've never done anything like that and I don't know if I ever would and it's not from a sense that like I wouldn't want to I would be open to it and interested in it but like you said it is a bit daunting like there's a lot you know what I mean? It's not easy, like, but you do learn a lot from it then. Yeah, you learn a lot. And I think there's something nice about waking up every day and just deciding what you want to do for yourself, not having to consult with other people um, and really just having that freedom over your own time as well. It's 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 a very it's kind of like a life changing experience, I think. And as well, like leaving my job in Dublin, it just shows that life can go on I mean when I was leaving I was really nervous about handing in my notice and those kind of things and thinking you know you always have your own book of clients and I was thinking oh how will they survive without me I mean you know (laughs) these are my clients blah 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 but sure the next week they were fine I mean you know so it just showed me that you can kind of take chances and risks and it'll all work out we always talk about that in work we're like god we think we're so special and then we realize we're so replaceable (laughs) yeah exactly so I was lucky I learned that at a young age (laughs) I know because that's the thing I think you can get kind of trapped in this thing as well of like like you said that fear I know some people talk about it and I think it is somewhat dying down in terms of like a gap in your CV and like you know what if I can't get work abroad or like you know the kind of the fear of the change and the difference I suppose and like the unknown of it not working out yeah, that was something that worried me at the time. I mean, taking a year out of my career because that was about six years ago now. So things are definitely changing now. But even back then, only six yeah. years ago, that was a, still a big deal for me. I was thinking, oh, how is this going to look? Um, and I must say, I ended up taking 10 months out altogether because after I did those five weeks and I went further and I went around Asia and I went to like Bali and the Philippines um, and Vietnam and Australia. Um, and then afterwards, after that, anytime I was doing job interviews or whatever, that's all they asked me about. Like, you know, I think when you like yourself, you're doing your professional exams now, you've been to college, you have a business degree. They know that you're intellectual or that you can learn and you're able to sit exams and work to a timeline and work under pressure. But then there's like other skills that are really important, like personal skills. Like, have you confidence? Are you able to speak to people? can you put yourself out there you know do you have other interests so I found like the traveling became a big factor in in all the um the interviews I did and it was really interesting for employers to see that I'd done that and I spent some time volunteering um teaching English in Indonesia and different things and that's they're the kind of things people ask you about I think once you get when you're looking for your first graduate position it's always about your degree and what did you do in college um but once you get past that first step and you've done your qualification your professional exams then it kind of changes you know what people are looking for it's more about oh does this seem like someone we'd like to work with would they get on with a team what kind of skills do they have so it the more I think life experience you have in your career as well the better your career will get because you become an interesting person a hundred percent like I think that's huge like you said the skills that you learn abroad like let's say in your experience of like solo traveling it's just putting yourself out there and kind of getting a bit more confident I suppose and having the social (laughs) skills to engage with people because that's what I found like I've been doing this podcast nearly a year I'd say at this stage and like 
in, let's say in terms of putting myself out there and having to talk to people and engage in conversation and kind of think of things on the hop I suppose and all of that like I find it's made such a difference in terms of how I deal with clients in a sense and like even one like someone said it to me one day and they were like oh that was like unreal the way you were able to handle the client the way you did and I was just like in my own head I was like oh that's definitely from the podcast I've learned that in terms of just talking with people I wouldn't know or I've had a conversation with before yeah yeah 100% I'd agree with you I mean no matter who you're talking to in business it's whether it's a partner of a law firm or a high net worth individual or your colleague I mean they're all just people so <laughs> I think once you realize that like and you get that kind of experience just from dealing with an array of people and putting yourself out there um it's just it's a lot easier then things get a lot easier definitely so you've kind of touched on it a small bit I suppose but do you want to tell us a bit about yourself maybe even now like I know you're in Spain at the minute because I follow you on Instagram and it looks amazing to be out <laughs> in the sun and traveling and like that was actually a point I wanted to make as well as how cool it was that you went to Europe because I feel like now everyone's like America or Australia or Canada you know um but in terms of Europe I just find there's so much on our doorstep like that's what I found particularly when I went in Erasmus was like how much culture is so close to home as well yeah so I suppose I'm I'll tell you a small bit about myself I'm I'm from Kerry originally I'm from Killarney um I just got married last year so I'm recently married I'm turning 30 this year I have my own company called Vinga People uh, I'm a tax advisor I'm also a Reiki practitioner which Stop. may not seem that they go hand in hand but <laughs> I have a wide array of interests um I really like learning um I like pushing myself outside my comfort zone that's kind of like my main thing once I find myself in my comfort zone I'm like okay it's time to move on and and challenge myself to something else um so like you said I'm in Marbella at the moment I just got here on Wednesday actually so I'm here now with my husband until June. Both of us work as digital nomads, which is is really great. I mean, like I nearly changed careers so many times in the last five years because I was just looking at people online and the people that always made me jealous were people that were able to work and travel from wherever they wanted. And it yeah. just seemed like you had to be like an influencer, basically. You know, you have to be a travel blogger or you have to have all the sponsored stuff to be able to go and do that kind of thing. So I think about two years ago, I came across this guy. Um, his name is Andrew Barnes. I don't know if you've come across the four-day work week concept yet. So um, to Andrew Barnes, anyway, he came up with, he's a Canadian guy, a businessman. He came up with the idea of the four-day work week. And it's kind of been taking on momentum around the world over the last two years. And I was like, if this one guy can change the way we think about work and change basically like the corporate world into four days surely I can work remotely as an Irish tax advisor you know surely there's a way for that to happen so um in June we were living in the Cayman Islands for the last four years it's over in the Caribbean I don't know if you're familiar with it yeah 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 it's, it's between Miami and Cuba basically I, I went there after traveling because we really needed to save um, and it's tax-free. So, I mean, <laughs> it ticked all the boxes. So we spent four years living there. I worked, when I was there, I worked in, um, worked with private clients still, but more from a US tax perspective. Um, and then we left there in June and we decided we'd give the remote working thing a go. And we traveled all around Europe for the summer. We were in Croatia for a month. We went, we lived in Lisbon for a month. Um, we lived in Alicante in Spain for a month and then we were home for a good few weeks and now we just came to Marbella and we're going to stay here for four months because we've just kind of found 
we're slow traveling so we're not tip doing the typical kind of travel thing um, yeah. where we're moving around all the time and it's hard with work as well so both of us are building businesses at the moment so we need more of, of a structure kind of so four months we're, we're trying out now four months here to get into a routine and kind of get ourselves set up and do all the things that come with building a business so we're in Marbella at the moment it's going well so far um I think I think the professional world in Ireland is really changing at the moment like I would have thought a few years ago there was no way that I could work remotely as an Irish tax advisor with Irish firms with really good firms like one of my biggest contracts at the moment is with EY which is pretty cool because I think I'm one of their guinea pigs <laughs> as a remote worker or contractor okay. um and I have other contracts as well with smaller firms I provide like retainer services and support services and I have a, a number of clients myself as well so I mean I'm really lucky with the way things are going um so far so I can't complain at all totally because I just know like in terms of the corporate world and stuff like I suppose I'm coming into it because I'm 24 so I'm coming into it at a time when it's kind of in that gray period I suppose between like what it used to be versus like what it's going to be going forward in terms of like you said digitally moving online like and how that all works and what I have found is like particularly in our firm that like they haven't been like that they haven't moved completely back into the office because first of all clients don't want to clients have no interest in having us on site and then in terms of like the workers themselves and the associates like us like we it would be a big thing for me if they didn't if they no longer wanted us working online to some extent you know like we can kind of pick and choose our days to go in and like that's massive for me in terms of flexibility. And like you said, I just get those extra few hours in the morning where I can do things for myself. And mm -hmm. it kind of makes it a bit more, I suppose, you get a bit more of that balance. I find that, that people might have not got before because in terms of the commute, that's what I find kills me is the commute. And it's not far, it's 20 minutes in the road, but in terms of traffic and everything, like it just takes so much more out of you if you're to go in, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think that's 100%. Um, one thing I would say, like when I was was training I do think there's a lot of benefit of being in the office when you're when you're on your graduate program like you learn so much just by listening to other people on the phone whether it's your the partner you work with or your manager or whatever it might be you can learn so much I mean if you have any questions you can just ask the person beside you that's more qualified than you or you know more experienced uh so I I think from like big four perspective and like big firms that have intakes and things it definitely I understand why they still get staff to come to the office it, it makes absolute sense and I think it's worthwhile for the employee as well I know there's a lot of like interns and graduates that that don't want to be in the office at all but I think from a like a longevity of your career kind of thing thinking in the long term your people need to be able to mix and speak to people you know it, you don't want to have it all yeah, online so a hundred percent and that's what I found as well as we had started off online and like now let's say obviously things have changed and we've shifted towards going in when we can and I would actively try and go in at least two if not three days a week because like you said you learn so much more from just the people around you and the chatter and you might not necessarily yeah. be involved in the conversations but you're kind of absorbing it all um whether it's knowingly or unknowingly and like that they've they've kind of noticed the same that the people who've learned by coming into the office and stuff are kind of far more ahead than those who haven't so they've been kind of actively then encouraging people to try and come in when they can and stuff so yeah it's like you said it's very important to kind of and it's the social thing as well you made such a good point there because I know like there's a lot more people who are a bit more daunted by like talking to clients and facing people because they're so used to not having to and they're able to hide behind their screen whereas it's yeah. kind of like improving those skills as well it's huge 
Yeah, and like just by meeting people and being in the office with your intake and all that kind of thing, you're building your professional network. So I mean, now as somebody, I've been, I was working in the tax space for ten years before I went out the way I am now as kind of a remote consultant, um, and all the work I get is through referrals from the people I used to work with in Dublin, whether it be clients, other professionals like lawyers or accountants, or the people I worked like old colleague, past colleagues of mine. So had I not built up that network over the last 10 years I don't know if I'd be able to do what I do now yeah totally and then in terms of like your husband and stuff like what does he do as a digital nomad is he into tax as well just I suppose to give people a perspective of like like you said that people can kind of do anything online these days like they can make it work for them so like you're not limited to certain professions that can only be digitally online like a lot of things are transferable now yeah and I think that's a big point I want to try and get across I'm going to like really focus on branding and stuff this year because finger people I just launched it in June and I mean I've been up the walls with work since my website is crap like I, <laughs> I don't even know like how people are finding me and contacting me with work it's crazy but that's one thing I really want to do this year is like like looking back five years ago when I nearly dropped out of tax a couple of times like I wish I knew then that in the future I'd be able to work the way I want to so yeah. I think it's really important that people now, like in their early 20s and they're coming out of college or they're in college, picking their college degrees, whatever it is, that they know that in they will be able to work the way they want. Like things are changing, you know, all these careers in like computer coding and tech and marketing, like they really look sexy to people because you can kind of do them the way you want to you know you can set up as a self-employed consultant and provide marketing services to people once you have the know-how but now you can do that with traditional careers as well like tax and accounting yeah. and lawyers you know like the way I work is I consult my services into other firms and contract and um, my husband is the same he did CFA exams yeah, I'm yeah. Familiar with him. yeah so he did those exams like a good few years ago now as well <laughs> he's 33 now so he did them about I'd say when he was like 20 G three or four so probably about yeah 10 years ago um, and he actually works as an investment consultant so he works with one family office and they're based out of Cayman Canada and the Bahamas he manages money for just a large um, a wealthy family basically and he he's been providing kind of coaching services helping people out um, in Ireland now smaller clients that want to learn how to invest and are not sure how uh, he does investment writing as well and I've noticed recently like people are reaching out to him on LinkedIn because he has a blog but it's it's a yeah. written blog it's not uh, like Instagram um, and people are reaching out to him and they're like I'm a CFA how do I do what you do I mean it seems like you work for a cool family office in the Cayman Islands and you live in Europe you know yeah <laughs> so yeah people are interested I mean to find out how you can achieve it and I think nowadays you can make what you want out of your career it's really up to you and he's so good because I actually subscribed to his emails because I was really, that's, uh, yeah, I did. Because what I was really interested in is the fact it's from an Irish perspective because everything like I've ever read and like investment and stuff, like a lot of it's been very American based. So it's a lot different, even in terms of tax and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And like yeah. in terms of what's efficient for your money and all that. So like it is a great resource if anyone out there actually does want to sign up because like I said, it's from an Irish perspective. So it's a bit more relatable and useful in our sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we're lucky, but like both of us have been able to, to kind of carve our careers into what we want them to be. And we're want... still working on it, I mean. <laughs> Forever a working progress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a bit about Venga people and stuff? I know you've kind of touched on it there and mentioned a few bits, but is there any more you'd like to say in terms of what it is you do or kind of, yeah. 
Yeah, so I suppose the main service I provide is tax advisory services and my client base are mainly high net worth individuals and business owners in Ireland. Um, so that's interesting. I provide services as well to expats moving to and from Ireland, um, like business owners maybe that have a business in Australia and now they're moving to Ireland or whatever it might be. And I do a lot of non-residency planning with people. So people that want to leave Ireland basically and become tax residents say in Portugal or Spain or Italy whatever it might be and that's one of the reasons you mentioned or you mentioned earlier like we're in Europe we're not in Asia or Australia or yeah. whatever so we're kind of in Europe for, for our careers it's much better for us to be in Europe um I'm sure you know the double taxation agreements between yeah. Ireland and all the other EU member states I mean I do a lot of planning cross-border with Ireland and other countries in Europe so it's better for me to be in Europe because my clients are just based here and um, same with Mike like you said he's kind of targeting the Irish investment space because I think there's just and he thinks there's space in the market um, for a new age type of investment advisor that that kind of educates people how to hold their own money rather than giving it to a broker and then getting charged commission and those kind of things so that's one of the main reasons we're in Europe um, and Vinga people I set up to have a separate legal entity to myself as I hope to, to grow Vinga people and it will be bigger than me I mean if I have any employees I want them to be associated with Vinga people <laughs> not <laughs> not with me so um, I provide those services the tax services and I also work with recruiters as well um, and other professionals that want to become remote basically or want to set up as consultants so I kind of help connect people like connect the recruiter and the remote professional because like I said earlier I just think like I was speaking to someone the other day and there's so many vacancies in in tax I kind of just I focus on tax mainly in terms yeah. of other professionals but there's so many vacancies in Ireland at the moment that they can't fill there's a lack of tax advisors and I think maybe people are just picking it because are not picking tax as a career because maybe they think it's uncool or you know that you can't like you think a tax and you think you're going to be in an office stacked behind a pile of folders with a calculator for the rest of your life you know so I think um, I'm trying to promote tax as a career almost because I really enjoy it anyway I think it's very interesting uh, it's pretty much I look at it look at it kind of like problem solving and um, I'm lucky with the area of tax I work in it's all tax planning and tax advisory I don't really work in any tax compliance at all yeah um, so yeah th that's that's kind of what Vinga people is. Um, I, the name Vinga is Spanish. Vinga is Spanish. It kind of means like, come on, like, let's go. You can do it. So that's why I chose chose Vinga. Okay, cool. That's an, that's actually very interesting to know because like I love that when people have a bit of meaning and thought put in behind their names because like it's something that would resonate with you as well. Like it's a bit different, you know, because there could be so much that people just kind of don't think about in the moment. Like I know for me when I said soulful savvy, like I kind of did it with the intention and actually I must come back to that point as well because I think it's fascinating the fact you're a Reiki practitioner but you also are interested in tax because it literally describes the contrast I feel of my page between like all the self-care but equally like the finance side of things because like I've said before I just feel knowing about your finances and how to invest and like that kind of stuff like and just knowing about the general language even of it because like I wouldn't by any set or by any means like know much about investment but just even I find understanding the language about it and be able to engage in a conversation with it makes the world of a difference you know in terms of like being a bit more savvy I suppose with your money and making kind of the right decisions so yeah but in terms there you had mentioned what was it you had said something there god I can't remember now but my mind is gone 
anyway that's all right <laughs> but yeah in terms of like investment and stuff then like do you invest yourself like are you interested in it because I think like you said people are becoming a lot more aware a lot more kind of in, they want to be essentially savvy with their money so they want to know about these kind of things so yeah in terms of investment do you have like particular things you don't even have to say what you're investing because that's very personal yeah. and it's unique to you but just to have a general conversation about it I suppose and kind of engage yeah. people somewhat yeah and I suppose you're right I think our generation are really are want to take control over our own lives I mean you know I think our parents generation were happy to have like those brokers and and things are easier I think back then without getting into any of the investment side because I don't actually know that much about it I just listen to my husband talk about it but it seems like you know there was easier ways to invest before I mean and now people there's so many options I mean you could have an investment portfolio on your phone so I'm an amateur investor so I use Revolut yeah yeah I use Revolut to invest and um, the way I invest personally I don't have like an investment thesis I pick companies that I like what they do like I invest mainly in like sustainable energy companies because I think like from a financial perspective I think that there's a lot to be done in that area I mean I don't have much of a backing other than that like it's a personal opinion and that's how I pick companies to invest in um, whereas my husband kind of would take charge of like our main investment portfolio and he would put obviously a lot of time and effort into it and I wouldn't even be able to tell you about it uh, I know what's in it but it's he has a much more educated approach but for an amateur investor like me I just really look at companies and pick companies that I like yeah. um, without having too much expertise in the numbers <laughs> totally but like a lot of people would even say that like your gut and intuition and like once there's yeah. once there's some kind of like you said thought put into it because that's where the world is going is towards a more sustainable life I suppose and like clean energy and things like that and it's just kind of a change we have to make so it does make sense that like those yeah. companies are somewhat of the future you know yeah um, so I think I'm what you would call a thematic investor <laughs> I choose like a team and that's kind of what I invest in whereas my husband would be yeah much bit much I'll say much better than me um and yeah we do like I mean we invest most of our money um we're lucky that way that we can and we kind of keep a nest egg or like not a nest egg but like a rainy day fund and then we have an investment portfolio and hopefully this year our goal is to buy a house so that is kind of like what's up there now we're saving towards that so that'd be interesting Oh, that's exciting. Are you looking in Ireland? Are you going to look in Spain? Do you know, do you have a general idea of the location yet? Or have you thought about yeah, it? Yeah, well, we're looking around where we are now, which I think would be cool. So our plan, I mean, in the long term is to be able to spend like maybe four or five months a year in Ireland, sometime in the Cayman Islands and sometime in mainland Europe. So split the year. Um, uh, so we're, we're looking around here at the moment where we are near Marbella and the out skirts of Marbella so we've been looking I mean all summer while we were in Europe as well like in each country we were in we were kind of looking for opportunities like one that we would say okay yeah that seems like a good opportunity to us um we're trying to live debt free as much as possible so we're trying to find something that's within our purchasing power yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna see how that goes totally well I can imagine in terms of like being able to do that like kind of the financial I suppose intellect you somewhat need in terms of like the little things even like budgeting like I know it sounds so basic but what I've realized in the past few years is how important it is and I always wish like I'd been a bit more 
I suppose I was always such a spender like as in I any bit of money I had went like I couldn't help myself and even still I do struggle with it in terms of like the Zara website I have had to delete the app off my phone because it's just lethal so like what in terms of I suppose managing your finances how do you implement that within your life and how do you do those kind of things yeah so I think we're kind of lucky so I mentioned earlier we lived in the Cayman Islands for a couple of years we lived there for four years so I mean Cayman Islands offers a massive um, opportunity for people to save money the income there the salaries are really high and there's no income tax whatsoever like definitely don't get me wrong the cost of living is high but it's almost you can still save a lot even yeah. with the high cost of living so I th- I always look at like my life in stages or kind of like I like to see it like chapters and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people set lo- goals and they have great intentions and that's brilliant but a lot of time location is overlooked so for us I mean we needed to save so we moved somewhere that we knew we would be able to save a lot of money you know yeah. it wasn't like what job could I get to save a lot of money it was like more of a bigger picture like okay where could I move that we know that we're going to earn a lot so that really helped um and then we're lucky I mean thankfully we're, we're high earners so the way we try and save our budget is like spend one salary almost and save another salary yeah so that I've heard a lot of people well. yeah I've heard a lot of people kind of actually implementing that within their lives which is a great it just makes a very clear cut, doesn't it? In terms of like, okay, yeah. we put all this away. Once it comes in, it goes away straight away. Yeah. And that way then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And I think we're lucky we started that quite young. Like I I was 25 when we started doing that. So, you know, some people, like if you don't maybe get married to later in life or you don't join your finances to later in life, there's like a lot of saving power maybe has been missed. <laughs> so from that was from a practical from a practical perspective sorry that was handy Um, and then in terms of budgeting in general I mean both of us are minimalists which is Mike was always a minimalist and like you when I was in like college and like early days working I used to be shopping all the time yeah Um, but then when we went to Cayman there there's no shops there pretty much so you've no opportunity to shop at all unless you can obviously order stuff in and then you have to pay customs and just like a real heartache so I mean I think in the four years I lived there I did two online orders and there's no shops there so I didn't I mean the amount of money that I saved just by not shopping alone (laughs) was pretty good and I just never got back into the habit then of buying things you know you kind of once you break that habit you come out of it Um, and then another thing I did one year I was there I did one year no beer Um, so I saved a lot of money by not drinking as well and that just has completely changed my relationship with alcohol call because now I don't really drink at all I think once you stop drinking um you kind of see how you get on without it yeah Yeah. so I don't really drink at all um so that helps us save money and a lot of the things we like to do are free I mean like we're in Spain now obviously we're paying for our rent but we'd be doing that no matter where we are um and because it's sunny outside we just can go outside and go for a walk you know we don't have to go to a bar or a restaurant so it's nice kind of the lifestyle we live is pretty low cost (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's such a good point you made because, like, I presume you're the same in terms of, like, being from Ireland, obviously, drinking culture is massive. And I've mentioned it here so many times, so I'm sure people are warned from me saying it time and time again. But it was such an eye-opener for me as well in terms of, like, just not even, like, because I do still drink, so I do like to make that 
make that point like I'm not off drink but like just in terms of like reducing my consumption of it like even to give an example like last night was a bank holiday in Ireland and you know yourself bank holidays in Ireland it's like oh Mm -hmm. so where are you going out it's not even a question of if you're going out like it's like where are you going so um literally we just went like I'm living in Cork at the minute so we just went to Douglas got like we had I think it was maybe three or four drinks or something and headed home then afterwards and that was that but like it just made such a difference now like I'm always conscious of kind of like reducing my consumption not having as much and like you said being able to function the next day and it's like blue skies here today and we might go for a little hike or something and kind of living I suppose a bit more outdoors and kind of like you said a bit cheaper and like yeah those little differences go a long way I find yeah definitely um I I think yeah once you kind of get into the outdoor living and getting up early and being active you you end up kind of spending less money because you know you, you just enjoy being outside totally <laughs> so it, yeah and I think I'm the type of person whenever I want to save more I try and find ways to earn more rather than to spend less I think I already spend as little as possible yeah <laughs> so it's always about trying to earn more rather than the opposite way around that makes sense I was actually watching a Netflix documentary it's really good um I like the way Netflix is coming out with a few like finance things but it was just I think it was get smart with money and like that it was kind of like we're people who had no idea how to handle their finances. And it was just kind of reverting them back to like budgeting and things like that. And one of the women was making the point of like, you can kind of, she was kind of um, advising this woman on how to like reduce her lifestyle, like you said, to kind of live a more minimalist life where she's not spending as much. But like she said, you can, you can only do that for so long. Like after that, you kind of need to start growing your income because I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, you still have to pay for the basics and that'll never change in terms of like, you'll always to some extent have to pay rent if you're like in your 20s and living somewhere yeah. and whatever else, you know. And I mean, there's no point working if you can't enjoy the yeah. fruits of your labor. A hundred percent. And then when you were in the Cayman Islands, just out of interest, because I know it's a small place and like there isn't much there. Like, what is it you do day to day? Because I'm like that I like to kind of show that lifestyle as well as possible for people because I find that as I've gotten a bit older like I've definitely gotten a bit more into kind of outdoor stuff like hiking and going to the beach and like you know kind of immersing yourself a small bit more in nature and I find it makes the world of a difference even mentally for me you know yeah so Cayman Islands everything is pretty much outdoor living because the weather is just beautiful all the time um so most of the time I mean is I was always on the beach walking um I did my diving course the paddy there so I used to go diving like a couple of times a month which is pretty cool it's I think it has some of the best dive sites in the world I mean the water is just crystal blue it's incredible stuff really really cool um we used to go swimming did a lot of running while I was there um it's really kind of a spiritual place if you want to get into that side of things so that's where I did the Reiki um I was part of a writer's group there um a book club like those kind of things it's a really small tight-knit community so there's a lot of things going on I did Gaelic football there for a while and yeah it's just a really nice place to live like everything is kind of outdoors yeah no it's so funny you're saying it because I've always said like my friends will laugh at this now when they hear because like I've always said like that's what I'd love to do when I finish up is like go to the Cayman Islands and it's so random but like you said it's the positioning of it in terms of like North America and South America like it's right in the center and like I've always wanted to kind of explore other countries as well in terms of like Cuba and stuff and now that you're talking about it I'm like get me there now but like I have a contract so I have another two years here so I can't worry about that now but it's definitely the plan later down the line I'd love to go 
Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, I first heard of the Cayman Islands when I was in final year of college. My best friend's brother actually lived there and she told me about it. And we were like, okay, whenever we're finished college and finish our exams, whatever we end up doing, uh, we'll both move to the Cayman Islands. So that was me and my best friend Margot. And so, I mean, I started emailing recruiters in the Cayman Islands, I think, when I first started doing my training exams in Dublin. I was like, okay, I'm going to be qualified as a chartered tax advisor in four years. Um, I want to move to the Cayman Islands. Like, do you think this is possible? And they were like, okay, maybe email us back in like three and a half years when you finish your exams and we can help you. <laughs> so it was always on my mind. And then I moved over and then that girl, my best friend, she also moved over as well when she finished her exams and we both came from we both did the same undergrad in college she went off and did asset finance or fi yeah asset finance I think it's called her is okay. that what it's called yeah I think yeah. asset finance um and did the Kaya and CFA exams and then she moved and I moved with my tax exams so there's a wide array of professionals over there and it's definitely worth checking it out cool and then in terms of like the spiritual side of things because i'm somewhat interested in that as well and i've done a few reiki sessions and things like that uh, like can you kind of tell me your interest i suppose in that or even like expand on what reiki is i think i've mentioned it here before i can't remember but just even in terms of what reiki is because i know not everyone knows yeah i suppose i think my i first started like meditating and things like that with that year i did the solo traveling i read the power of now i don't know if you've come across I that actually book. haven't i've read a new earth but i haven't read the power of now which i'm dying to do it's like i said there's a never-ending list of books on my list and oh when i start understand. talking to people on podcasts then they're like have you read this you need to read this and i'm like no let me add it to the list and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger but anyway <laughs> yeah so back then i read that book and up to then i was quite an anxious person like anything I, I was I'm kind of a bit of an overachiever so if I'm not doing something it makes me quite anxious so I needed to kind of get past that especially when I was traveling because I didn't have a job and you know it seemed like oh my god what am I doing with my life kind of a yeah. thing <laughs> so I read that book and then I started meditating and like really like taking that book on board and I read a few other books like the Solar Art and not giving a fuck and those kind of um self-help books and that was the first time I was introduced to kind of the concept of the the self-help stuff and since then I just and that was a good few years ago now like maybe five or six years ago I just had really grew in my interest and in it really grew and then I got to the Cayman Islands and there, it, there's loads of sound healing on there and yoga and meditation and different things on the beach and I just got more and more into it when I was there because Cayman, the Cayman is almost like disassociated from the rest of the world like it's so small it's such a small little community it's a tiny island so I mean like you could drive around the island in an hour so you have to be really I found anyway you have to be really like comfortable with yourself and happy because there's not that many distractions yeah so um, I just got really into it then and I just met some really cool people that were also into it that I, I hadn't didn't have that in Ireland and um, I just explored it more and got in and did the Reiki. I had done a few Reiki sessions with a Reiki master over there and she was doing a course to teach people how to do Reiki so I signed up for it and it's just really interesting over there because like a lot of the people that live there are professionals like lawyers or accountants or whatever it may be and I remember going to the the Reiki practitioner course and it was me and a girl she was um, like a law par partner in um, Maples and just some really like, like high profile professionals that you wouldn't expect to be into Reiki you know and yeah. I always thought like people used to always say to me you don't look like a tax advisor you don't seem like a tax advisor like you know that's it doesn't suit 
spit your bill kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I just like there's a whole other side to people other than their career, I think. And that's something that I really learned and came in. And especially through the Reiki, just seeing like the other people that were doing it and how they were so into spirituality. And, you know, your career, like it's a big part of your life. But I mean, you, I think it's very important to, mm -hmm. yeah, to work your life, to work your career around your life, not the other way around. So like for me, Reiki was just like an, an outlet kind of a thing. I always have like a real creative side. Um, so Reiki is like energy healing. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. And now, to be honest, I don't practice Reiki like I don't charge to practice Reiki on other people I more do it on myself or like sometimes I do it on my husband if he's anxious he like he's sometimes asleep and I do Reiki on him <laughs> <laughs> I'm like calm down you can sense the energy and you're like I know yeah, what needs to be like, done here, here. <laughs> but yeah <I'm> like, <laughs> so I'm just really interested in that energy side of things I I really do believe like what you put energy into really grows I mean I've kind of like since I'm about 20 I'd say I started doing like five-year goals and different things and writing things down and like that is putting energy into something even though it's so simple it seems so simple as just writing things down you know yeah. so I'm just interested in that side of things as well totally and I'm fascinated by what you just said about people being like oh you don't look like a tax advisor like you don't look like yeah. someone's into tax because I think and that was another reason why I set up this page is because of this like corporate image of those kind of things and like you said it turns people off and it's like no, like the world is flexible and everything's changing and like we can integrate the two and that's why like I love the contrast of even like because it's not a contrast you know what I mean but just in the way we've grown up and been like raised to see things it looks to be something completely different but like it's like you said what if you can kind of open yourself to energy and be like open to I suppose working on yourself and doing those things like yoga and meditation and stuff like I found them hugely transformative in my life and now how they flow into my work even and the things it is I do in terms of like accounting and dealing with clients and stuff like it all actually helps you know um yeah. I so. think yeah like you develop a level of self-awareness when you're into yeah. those kind of things and and it just really helps in all areas of your life totally I love what you said there as well like you literally described who I am I'm the exact same <laughs> and that's why I had to get into the self-help side of things because like that I was so anxious up the walls couldn't understand it I'd be like freaking out at the littlest of things and even still like I had a busy week at work and I was up the walls on Friday but like I had the self-awareness to kind of bring myself back and talk myself down rather than let it spiral and I find that's what makes the world of a difference for me and why I've been so interested in it because how transformative it has been on my life yeah and I mean it can really help like avoid stress and different things you know I I find that it's it's great yeah totally and do you know what I actually remembered the question I wanted to ask you so it's going to sound a bit <laughs> random now but I, I was typing it down there because I was like don't forget this because I know like what turns a lot of people off I suppose the digital digital nomad life or like in terms of setting up their own business and things like that is the idea of like how will I attract clients so how is it you find you kind of I suppose because people want that security of knowing there's going to be people there who want their services and are like you know need that work and in terms of supporting themselves financially then that they will be able to so how do you go about yeah. that yeah well I suppose speaking from my experience as a tax advisor I think at the moment there's a real shortage of tax advisors in Ireland so I mean the timing for me is really good because I think employers are more willing to engage with self-employed consultants 
instead of employees because they have no choice like yeah. you know not that it, it seems i know that sounds harsh that they have no choice but there really is a shortage of tax consultants and that's something that's become really evident to me over the last few weeks i mean i can't even tell you the amount of job offers i've had in the last six months i mean at least two a week and yeah. it, it's not even in the interview process it's people are writing to me like do you want this job so it's it's crazy. I mean, there's definitely a shortage. Um, in terms of securing clients, the way I've done it, I've engaged a big. Con I have a big contract that guarantees me a certain amount of hours a week, so that allows me to make sure I have a secure, and that's a two-year contract. So I have okay. a secure income um, as a contractor for two years, and I also have then time to get other clients and build on my business at the same time. So I've kind of structured it in a way that it's stable, but I'm still like working on my own in my own firm kind of a thing. Yeah, you really have the best of both worlds there in terms yeah. of like having a constant client, but equally working for yourself and kind of dictating your yeah. own life. And then yeah. in terms of I can imagine like the structure you need or kind of like the life you need in terms or even not the life, but like is in the structure and the discipline you need even to like, because you're self-employed, you kind of have to be strict on yourself in terms of like the hours you work or equally, you have to be strict on yourself in terms of the hours you don't work and to take time for yourself. Yeah. So like, how do you manage that balance? Or like, what even is, I'm fascinated by people's daily routines. Cause like, I just find like, it tells a lot about a person in terms of like, do you know, what do they do throughout their day that's for themselves and stuff. You can learn a lot from someone. So what is your kind of daily yeah. routine? So I suppose, yeah, I'm trying, I always try and strike the work-life balance thing because I mean, there's no point living and moving around the world if you don't have time to explore the place. So like my typical day is, I'll just use today for an example. So like today I got up, I got up five, I usually get up at five o'clock. I just think you get so much done in the morning that you won't get done throughout the rest <laughs> of the day. It's almost like golden hours, like those three hours from five to eight are worth about five or six hours during the day so I got up at five I actually did like all the washing and stuff just in the house <laughs> nothing work related at all um I always do some like journaling at the beginning of the week on a Monday just like write down the things I need to do for the week um then I'm prepared for this podcast I was like what the hell am I going to talk about <laughs> um, <laughs> well I think people that's people's initial fear I know it was mine as well in terms of and even if you listen back over my old episodes I'm so like structured in what I'm saying and I'm a bit up the walls about how I speak whereas now it's just you get into the flow of it so quick yeah that's what I love about them as well they're very much conversationalist it can go any kind of yeah. way yeah I really like podcasts as like a platform but um then I had breakfast as well and then after the call this podcast I have a call with a guy that's moving home to Ireland from Australia and he has a business in Australia he wants to know how he can structure his business in Ireland and how he can sell his shares and after that I signed up for a marathon in June so that is something I signed up for to force myself to like exercise and go to the yeah. gym and all those things I needed because I found like during Christmas and before Christmas I I was working out but like not as much as I usually do because I was just like oh I need to work I need to work so I set myself the target of the marathon so now I'm like training a lot so I'm going to take I take two hours now every day out in the middle of the day to like go to the gym and run and stuff and then after that I'm actually preparing for a tax appeals case so it's going to be heard in March uh, so I'm appealing a revenue decision on behalf of a client. So I'm like researching different Irish law and EU law concepts for that today. And as well as that, I have another client who is selling an Irish business. 
so I'm working on that like letter of like tax planning or an analysis and that's like my typical day and then like dinner and usually me and my husband will go out for half an hour in the evening or walk around or <laughs> explore somewhere <laughs> well firstly massive congrats on signing up for the marathon have you ever like ran one before or anything or no the furthest I've ran to date in my 29 years is 12k <laughs> Stop. well you'll be fine I've no doubt I actually signed up for a half marathon because I was the exact same as you um me and one of the girls I live with because um it's busy season in accounting so like like that you're working a good bit and you can it's very easy to be like no I'll leave off exercise today and you feel a hundred times worse for it so I was like you now I needed a goal in place to force me to get out and get moving but um I would love to do a marathon so I'll have to get on to you and uh see how you get on because see how I get on (laughs) that I can get are you doing it in Ireland are you doing it in Spain yeah no I'm doing it in Cork so the Cork City Marathon yeah stop oh the June weekend is it is that on the June weekend yeah it's it's the first weekend in June so fingers crossed (laughs) no fear of you no fear of you I actually um I hope to because I've study leave in July and August so I hope to hopefully kind of maybe plan one or two things in Europe I'd love to go to Europe so I don't know if I'll be around that weekend so I won't be signing up to that one but (laughs) maybe another one later in the year when I have a bit more time to train but um yeah I suppose have you anything else you'd like to add or anything else you'd like to say in terms of suppose your life your business everything else is there anything you'd like to add yeah um I suppose the main thing would just to get across to people that that it is possible to make your career your own especially if you're in a more traditional career like the accountants and tax advisors and lawyers and stuff you know not to be afraid to put yourself out there and just it can still I mean it can still work you can you can kind of do what you want in terms of working online nowadays um if you have the experience and the qualifications so don't be afraid to take the risk totally yeah because I think there's always that fear like I said and kind of the unknown but like I think by following people like you and stuff like it makes it look so much more possible for people and that's what I actually that was one thing I did want to ask you in terms of like how have you managed like to create a life tailored to you because like I said it's it's so much easier said than done but like you just seem to be doing everything it is that you love and you've kind of made it work for you um but I can imagine it hasn't been easy either so like how did you manage to do that yeah I think it just takes intention I mean really being clear on what it is you want from your life and I know that's really hard to determine but even if you knew say the way I look at it is in like five-year blocks because obviously I don't know what I'm going to want in 10 years from now but like five years from now I kind of have some idea where I think I'll be or what I want to do so I started when I was 20 I mean I made my first no sorry I started when I was 15 so I had 15 to 20 was like basically past leaving cert and go to college (laughs) but um but then like it kind of got interesting then after that like 20 to 25 like I set certain earning targets that I wanted to have achieved by the time I was 25 um I wanted to have like finished my professional exams I wanted to have gone traveling so I think it works out really well because when I was 20 I was like okay I want to do all these things and surely the five years is enough time to get these done and I think in about six months before I turned 25 was when I handed in my notice and booked my interrail ticket because I was like, okay, I have six years, I have six months left in this plan. And the only thing I haven't done yet is gone traveling. 
so it, it gave me the push that I needed kind of like okay you set yourself this deadline now yeah go and do it because if I hadn't set that thing for 25 I don't know if I would have just stayed I might have stayed working in Dublin and you know kind of went through for another few years before I was like oh I actually would really like to go traveling yeah. you know I think if you plan in advance and set yourself deadlines and even for now 25 to 30 I did the same thing um, I had like a lot of like again earning goals career goals travel goals um, different things that I wanted to do and like the only thing left in my five-year plan for this to long charity was to do a marathon so like in November December whenever it was I was looking at like where I'd written them down and I was like okay the only thing left now is to do a marathon so that's why I signed up for the marathon yeah so yeah. you know you kind of like remind yourself of the things you want to do and set and so now I'm going to be 30 in June so I'm like working on my next five-year plan like where do I self my, see myself going I mean in terms I was going to put like be self-employed in my 30 to 35 year plan to be honest but it just happened sooner than I expected um so like I need to see what's going to be in the next five years you know with more earning targets and like I think things like owning property and different personal goals so then I know when I'm 34 if I haven't reached some of those things I'm like okay these are the things you wanted to do like why haven't you done them kind of a thing you know what stopped you so it's a really good way of checking in with yourself and then just break them down further each year I mean every week me and my husband do an accountability meeting we call it on a Friday because we're both working for ourselves and we both get paid by the hour that we work yeah. um we like check in with each other each other and I'm if I've only done like 20 hours he'd be like why do you only do 20 hours you should have done 40 hours are you you know I mean yeah, yeah, we yeah. just like set our earning goals for the week and different things keep each other accountable in terms of like the running I want to do every week or the workouts we're doing whatever it might be um and then we keep each other in check every week and it's like hey I didn't I could do better now next week when I'm doing that or you know yeah. so I think it's just like always being conscious of what you're doing because everything you do has a knock-on effect um and the things you do today are going to like help you tomorrow or whatever it might be Totally. I think that's such a good point as well on the accountability, because like I said, um, me and my friend have both started training for the half marathon, but I find that's ideal for me because she holds me accountable in terms of training. And just even that simple thing of like one aspect of my life kind of it's pretty much looked after in terms of we bounce off each other, make sure we're both doing the training and even uh, like majority of the time we train together. So it's great. But it's cool the way you have that with your husband that you can implement it within all aspects of your life because like accountability is everything and once you can kind of if you're doing it every week like I can imagine it's not often you kind of fall behind in those things then and that's why you yeah. have managed to achieve a lot of what you have is because you've been holding yourself accountable all along yeah and we do and like I mean we have like we kind of set our time into six week blocks where we're kind of like okay like intense working or whatever it might be for six weeks and then we'll take a week not a week off or anything but I mean yeah. a week to kind of think back okay how were the past six weeks um yeah. you know and like a lot of while well, I was at home I was at home for about eight weeks just over December and January and like I think January like spring is a good time to like plant seeds so I mean when I was at home I met loads of business owners in my local area and Clarny and Kerry and just like introduce myself tell, told them what I was about like the kind of services I provide um so that in the future if they were thinking oh like we need a tax advisor you know we have work that we don't have capacity to do maybe we could outsource it like they know I'm there so I think you can plant seeds that like will come into fruition in the future and like constantly be thinking like that definitely yeah that's that's such a good idea because like I can imagine like you said even if they're not looking for the work now there'll come a point later in life it's like that analogy of like 
doing the work now won't necessarily result in like instant gratification or instant payment but like later on it'll make the world of a difference for you in terms of your business yeah and I do think like in terms of having a business like your network is your strongest tool or you know your most important tool so it really is all about the people you know when you're when you're in business well especially when you're providing a service kind of like something like tax advisory or accounting services or whatever it might be 